Welcome to the second episode of Odai Fleecy Radio. My name is William. I'm joined by my better half, Janina. Hey guys. And in today's episode, we are continuing our conversation about You Are the CC, our short film coming out this month in a matter of really a week. And we have with us today the um, actress who plays the title role of she, Catherine Walsh. Before we get going, though, Janina, do you want to read her bio that she sent over? And for anybody that doesn't know, Kat happens to also be our sister. Yeah, I would love to. So Catherine started acting in various film and theater projects as a child. She auditioned and was accepted to the Los Angeles County High School for the Arts, where she began her formal training as an actor. Upon graduating, she landed one of the top agents in the industry and worked professionally. Catherine decided that she wanted to further her craft as an actor, so she auditioned and was accepted to the prestigious Royal Central School of Speech and Drama in London. Catherine is a versatile actor who enjoys her well-rounded career in TV, film, and theater. She's had the pleasure of acting in TV shows such as Grey's Anatomy and performing on some of the most notable stages in Los Angeles, New York, and the United Kingdom, such as the famous Edinburgh Festival Fringe. Welcome to the show, Catherine. So excited to have you here. Hey, hey. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. How you doing? Good, I'm doing good. So Kat, can you give us a little background on your journey as an actor? What what made you want to become an actor and what inspires you about acting? Yeah, sure. I started as a child actor. Um, my dad That's so is, cool. Thanks. Yeah, it was cool. Dad's a, in the film business. And so I grew up around film sets and around the theater. So I kind of just started from a really early age. And then as I got older... I decided I wanted to do it more professionally. So I started, so that's when I auditioned for LOXA, um, which my dad, or dad was a teacher there. He was the film teacher and ran the film department. So that's how I found out about it. For those who don't know, LOXA is the abbreviation for the Los Angeles County High School for the Arts. Um, just so people know what we mean that's when right. we say LOXA, because it's just, you know, a pet name as well. Yeah, it's a name <laughs> for like, you know, we call it all LOXA, but it, yeah, what you said. Or sometimes it's referred to as Arts High. So how was it auditioning for LOXA and how was it having your dad as the film teacher? Yeah, it was a great, um, a really great experience. I really liked liked it there at LOXA and I felt that the staff was really um, supportive. Um, you know, it was obviously really fun having my dad as the film teacher, but we also did um, a lot of film, I mean, uh, theater classes too. So we had our academics in the morning and then our theater classes in the afternoon. Um, so yeah, it was a really good experience. I mean, we had a ton of classes and um, great training from voice training to acting training, different styles. We did Suzuki and Commedia dell'arte. I mean, we, we really got some really great training as actors. So I feel really grateful for that experience. So obviously I know, <laughs> but for anybody that's um, listening, what did you do after LOXA? Where did you go um, once you graduated? So I graduated. Um, I wanted to act professionally while I was still in school, but mom and dad had a role that I couldn't act professionally until I was 18. <laughs> <laughs> so 
they were didn't they I could act as a child but they didn't want a child actor so to speak so as soon as I turned 18 I was like yay so I got really lucky and I got um hooked up with a great um agency and started auditioning and working um in the profession and what I decided is that I wanted to further my craft even further you know I admired really great actors like Meryl Streep and um, you know, actors that had traditional training. And so I started looking at different schools and I was really interested in going to, to England and to London. Um, so that's when I started researching schools and stuff. And then I auditioned, I flew to New York, um, and I auditioned and I got in, which was a big deal. Well, yeah, that was a really big change. I mean, I remember yeah. when you decided to move basically to a whole other world, a whole other continent. That was a very big change, moving to London, moving to England, the UK, and um, you know, all the way from Los Angeles, which is literally the, the other side of the world. How was it attending Central? And for those who don't know, Central is the nickname for... Royal Central School of Speech and Drama. Yes. For anybody playing the home game. Yeah, you're going to get some points there. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding. You know, it was, well, moving to a different country, um, you know, there's that period of adjustment and there was definitely a culture shock at first because um, I hadn't really traveled, you know, that much. I'd only been once to London prior and for a very short amount of time. So there was the initial adjustment but that was the reason why I wanted to go I wanted to um expand my life experiences and to learn you know and travel and explore and see different parts of the world and uh, learn about different cultures um so that I was really grateful for the experience and my time at Central you know um it was mixed I mean some of the training was um really helpful um, but it was a really tough school for sure. Um, so it was kind of a mix on that front, but just overall being in London and, and working, um, you know, and then obviously we got to do workshops and perform in theaters in London. And then, you know, I got to perform at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. So it was such a great experience to have that, you know, and to meet so many different people. I mean, I still have really great friends there, so that I really enjoyed. So what were some of the things that drew you to acting on a more emotional level? Like, was there a feeling of this is a craft that you just have to do? Or were you inspired by other actors? Um, I feel that, um, you know, acting is a really, for me, I feel it's a really special, uh, very special art, art form. And I feel that um, you know, telling stories and telling people's stories is a really special honor. And so I, I think that um, that's what drew me to acting in, in the first place and why, you know, why I wanted to be an actor because I wanted to be able to tell people's stories and be a part of that. Because um, I think that was really, I think that's really important and it's something that I really, you know, enjoy. Moving on to our film now, You Are the CC. This is like, you know, we talked about this last episode. This is like we're calling a ghost story, trying to remember all the parts. 
Do you remember how you came to be a part of the film? And I just want to say, to repeat this again, we were looking to work with classically trained actors, and I remember that we immediately thought of our sister. Mm-hmm, yeah, we did. So, do you have any memories from when William contacted you about it? Yeah, well, I, I remember that we had talked about a lot wanting to do a project together and wanting you know, the three of us to work together since I had been at school, but because I was, you know, away and, you know, I was only in town for a short amount of time um, because I was living in the UK or in London, you know, we couldn't find the time. And then we also didn't have a project that we, you know, had done. So I think when this came up, it was great because then it finally opened up the opportunity for us to work together, you know, and, and then on a project that you know, you guys had found that you were really passionate about. So when you, you know, contacted me, I was like, oh, yeah, it's finally, you know, this, you know, perfect timing because, you know, I was going to be in town long enough to do it and I had to finish school. And so, it, you know, it worked out much better that way. And also, I recall the time frame was going to be really quick because you were going to be leaving again, right, Kat? Yeah, I think I was, because I was, I think I had just gotten back from doing the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, and then I was going back, because I think I had something I was working, I had to play or something, so I was going to go back, but I was home long enough that we could do it. But yeah, I do remember we had to do it in a short amount of time before I had to go back. I was really impressed with how quickly you were able to learn the lines and everything. Do you have memories of how you put that together? Or what was your strategy of getting into the character? Oh my gosh, I know. <laughs> yeah, I remember we I didn't have hardly any time to memorize the lines. And, and and I think we were you were making changes to kind of like as we were going, which is, you know, pretty normal um, or right before we started filming, I should say. Yeah, we were adapting the play literally up to the last moment. Yeah. And I believe we gave you the shooting script the night before or the day before the filming began. Yeah. So I remember um, thinking like, oh, man, <laughs> I can't remember. But luckily... <laughs> um, <laughs> Luckily, my memory was great, and um, I just kept drilling them. I remember, like, driving, and I would say them, and then before bed, and, you know, I would just keep practicing them and practicing them. <laughs> That's so good. Um, and and then also... Did you we, have any... Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying, when, when we shot, it helped because it kind of, like, we... You guys broke it up in such a way that we would just shot, you know, shoot certain blocks so I could just focus on the dialogue for that block and then move to the next block which was helpful oh yeah i remember you and david would go off rehearse your lines work on them Uh, meanwhile we were on the set preparing the next setup or preparing the next shot or whatever the case may be you'd come back have them all memorized and then we attack the scene which worked out pretty well I, i think in a workflow yeah we were concerned about if it would be too much material to absorb that quickly and in that environment and you guys handled it you guys did amazing what were your thoughts about the overall story Um, you know, I thought that it was a great story and I thought that, um, the way that you guys adapted it for, you know, because stage and film are very different and I thought that you guys did a great job too adapting that for the film. And so, yeah, I really, you know, I liked the story and I thought it was a good project, 
you know, for us to work on. And so, yeah, I was like, yeah, let's do it. Sounds good. What do you think about the character of she? What do you think about her as a person and her her reality? Well, I think that, you know, it's it's really interesting because we shot this quite a, a long time ago. And, yeah. you know, she yeah, yeah, has yeah, her yeah. audience following that she's all about, which now I feel is even more relevant, um, especially during COVID, right? Like it's, you know, in the time period that we filmed that to now, that's grown substantially even more so i think that's really really relatable she's very interested in you know her audience and her growing and she's really interested in um telling her story you know and i think that's Mm -hmm. really relatable to people if you know people want to know like you know am i seen am i heard you know this is Mm -hmm. my story And so, and I think we see that even more now in social media, you know, people telling their stories or posting things that relate to them or their interests. But yeah. That's so true. (laughs) Right? Yeah. It's crazy how it grew, right? Yeah. It's kind of weird how Zach was ahead of the curve because this was before the YouTubers. This was before vlogging. And he really created a piece that was all about that. It was like he was vibing with the future. Yeah. Yeah. He really was. And that was before Instagram was even a thing, right? Or... I don't know. Did it launch that year, 2011? It's around that time. But regardless, it was a small seed of what it is today, for sure. Yeah, and she says, you know, I'm looking I'm looking for meaning. I'm looking for sense, you know. And so um, I think that's really relatable to people. You know, at first I was a little, I wasn't, just the way that I work as an actor, I, you know, read it a few times and kind of processed it through. But I thought that that was, you know, really relatable character and really relatable subject what parts of she do you feel like you connected to and what parts of her do you feel like you didn't connect to what i say i don't connect to quite as much as you know i'm my let's say how should i say it i'm not as um like her you know everything that happens in the film and everything you know the audience is watching and she has like you know, on record. I don't have my, <laughs> I don't have a camera on me at all times. <laughs> you don't have your life on record. I'm a little more private. <laughs> She's basically in a, bu- like a glass bubble on the beach. There, yes. You know what I mean? Everyone's watching, you know? Yeah. So I am not quite as um, open like that. So I would say that I didn't connect in that same way. Um, but I know that some people, you know, are like that and there's nothing wrong with that, but I just, um, I wouldn't like cameras on me all the time. (laughs) You did a really good job of bringing a stage element to the film. I mean, the whole, obviously it was a short play. So there was a whole stage element to it. And I think you did a really good job of capturing that stage theater environment and translating it to the film medium and bringing it to the camera, which, you know, I just really love. I really love that. And um, I think you made that very engaging and very very interesting to watch. Mm, Thank you. Yeah, I I really appreciate that. I mean, she, that's her whole life. And um, so it was interesting to be in those shoes and experience that from her perspective. I think what I related to, and I think what, you know, I, I kind of alluded to it earlier is that, you know, telling your own story in your own way. And when she says, I wanted to know I existed or I exist. And I think that that's a really valuable question. And I think that that can be really relatable to, you know, the audience that watches it. Um, and I, I think especially now during COVID with <laughs> everything going on, 
you know, people are looking at their lives differently and looking at, you know, like, how do I want to live my life? And what, you know, what messages do I want to put out, you know, and and, in what way do I want to exist? You know, it's not just about, am I existing, but in what way do I want to exist? Um, Mm -hmm. And so I think I'm not just existing to survive anymore. Yeah, yeah, existing to thrive. And what does that look like? Um, And those are some of the questions that she asked. And I thought that was relatable, not just to me, but I think it's relatable to everybody. You know, everyone's looking for that in some form of a way. Well, I shouldn't say everyone, but, you know, I think a lot of people can relate to that and understand that. Because at some point, people go through that in their lives. That's profound. And I relate to that moment every time I see it in the beginning of the film, when you're saying those lines, in the beginning. It really does impact you. I always stop and listen to it, and I think you did a really great job of expressing that. We started all very early in the morning. Well, I would say that, you know, the shoot was fairly normal start time, but it was really early to get up in the morning and to drive from the city all the way up PCH to basically Zuma because we decided that we would meet at the at the Starbucks at Zuma. We got there. Didn't we get there before Starbucks was open or like it just opened? Oh, you're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's yeah, it. Yeah, we did. Because I remember I think thinking kind of like, you second. know, it's early when you're here before Starbucks is like up and running (laughs) we're just all outside knocking on their door like hello (laughs) yeah let me in i need coffee (laughs) but i do remember us i remember staring at this man in starbucks being like i think i know that guy you know and i grew up in la and i spent a lot of time in malibu so i was like i think i know that guy and i'm trying to like place where do i know him and then i realized of course it's la so it's a famous actor and it was um what what was his name who was it again that i saw i think it was aaron eckhart yes yeah that's right that's so cool was that a crazy surprise first thing in the morning like whoa yeah well i feel like that happens to me a lot and you guys can probably relate growing up in la like you see famous people a lot but a lot of times like you don't put it together so you just think you know that person so then you're just like staring at them being like where do I know you from? Did we go to school together? Or like, do you, you know, and then you realize and you're like, oops, sorry. And then you realize that you were staring at them. <laughs> and it's really awkward. You're like, I, you're like, oops, now I just came across as a stalker. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> They're like, uh, hello, do I know you? So anyway, we got our coffee and then we trekked our way up to the beach and we started filming. The whole idea was that we wanted to film right at the crack of dawn, you know, like right, right as it began. And I remember when we got there, it was really dark. And it's coming to me now that you not only played she, but also the leader of the masked audience figures. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So that's interesting. Mm -hmm. People won't know this because you're wearing a mask, but I wonder if it comes across or, you know, if people might be able to guess that. Yeah. I mean, I loved it. It was great because um, it was, you know, really fun to... 
experiment with, you know, and when you have a mask like that on a cloak, um, your movement in your body becomes even more, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of, like even more registered because you have a mask on. So your face really isn't a part of that. Um, and so the so you don't have to worry you, as much about that. Yeah. And so the movements you use through your body and communicating through that kind of um, communication is really cool. And so I, I enjoyed that. Um, you know, I thought that was really fun to experiment and play around and and try to be dynamic <laughs> you did a great job, and, and I remember playing with the masks and the cloaks and everything was a great way to sort of ease into the whole shoot and to, you know, let's play, let's put the masks on, let's just kind of get warmed up and have some fun and then worry about the lines later. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, one, I'm not a morning person. I'm definitely a night owl. <laughs> so it gave me a chance to get my body warmed up and on, on a personal level, but also on artistic level. Yeah, it was a great way to warm up into shooting into the character, yeah. Do you have any specific memories of shooting at the beach? You know, anything that your character did that you remember or you might have a memory of? Well, I remember doing the line, the gold line, you know, and having the gold dust come out of my hand. And I loved that. And it was really perfect the way the wind, well, I can't remember if it took a few tries or not, but I remember at one point, it kind of just like worked, like the wind came, it got a little windy and like it just kind of came out. And um, so I liked, and then we- Oh yeah, it did. It started blowing it right out of your hand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah. Okay, I was like, did I just make that up? Yeah, I no, remember no. that. <laughs> um, so that was fun and I liked, you know, doing that. I'm trying to remember from the first, because I remember being out on the rock, but I don't think that was the first day of filming. We did do a second day of shooting with just you um, for some additional B-roll and some additional environmental shots of you on the beach, kind of in the space, in your environment on the beach, your character, you know. Um, and I think we got some really cool stuff. I remember a bunch of birds and beautiful waves. There was some running. There was some running on. I, there was quite a bit of running on the beach too. I remember on that side. Yeah, day. she loves running. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah, I remember that. Let me tell you, running uh, barefoot on sand is a good workout. <laughs> <laughs> and I think you had to do it like three times. And you kept going. I remember like you would just like run the whole length of the beach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, no, I um, I do remember that. And I remember getting um, um, with the... The masks, I remember, like, trying out different stuff, like, in the beach and the sand and stuff, and I thought that was really fun. And then I remember, on, I de definitely remember on the rock getting oh, splashed, yeah, yeah. right? Like, didn't, like, some big, big That was come. really brave. <laughs> yeah, you had to kind of wade through the water and then get up on the rock. And <laughs> this is in the footage, actually. There's an out, there's sort of an, uh, an outtake moment where you're up on the top of that rock, kind of standing, kind of also holding on too. And there's a wave coming and you're like looking at the wave and then you like look back at us and you're like, is this good? You know, and then the wave like hits the rock and the water goes everywhere. <laughs> We're like, oh my gosh, let's get this shot and get done. I remember being nervous, like, okay, as quick as we can do it. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think the rock was like really slippery. I was like, I'm good, it's cool guys. <laughs> Do you remember anything from the shooting in Westlake? Anything that stands out to you about being, you know, in our little sound stage? <laughs> yeah, well, I remember it was um, really hot. 
Do you remember that? I do remember that <laughs> now, garage. actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah. Now, you, now that you that. remind me, I do remember. It yeah. was warm in there. Well, because we closed everything. It was super We closed hot. it all up. Yes. Yeah, because we closed it up, and it was still it was in September, so it's still hot, you know, in L.A. It's still hot in September. Um, and I remember the very temperamental fog machine, right? Okay, yeah, because that was going crazy. <laughs> you don't know. We had so much that we had to do in post to take out. You remember the projector and the projector screen? Well, the screen had some tape marks on it that was holding the, the screen up, basically. We had to take out all those tape marks. There was sand on the lens of the camera we had to take out. We had to do all this After Effects work to kind of clean it up. But when it did, man, that image looked really, really nice. And I remember that the... Like what you were saying, the fog machine kept like kind of splurting out like and right. it was like so hard to get it like the fog that we were thinking we were imagining. I, like, we thought we were going to fill up the whole space. It was going to be like this, you know, which probably was going to be dangerous, actually. But um, <laughs> now that I think about it, <laughs> fill up the whole garage with fog. <laughs> you know, we all just pass out in there. You know? <laughs> but, uh, but maybe maybe that was the reason why it didn't work as well. But um, right. but yeah, I, actually, yeah. I think that yeah, was think so. that was divine yeah. then. It would have been completely filled with fog, and uh, we would not be like we wouldn't have been able to shoot anything. Yeah, it would have been too too much. Too muddy. I, I just remember specifically though that moment of you know trying to get the fog machine going, getting a few squirts out. Okay, fine, unplugging it and then rolling it, and then you know one of the two of you stepping out into your shot to do your first line, and then suddenly, right as you're starting to talk, the fog machine is just like. And it was like, oh my God. We had to do so much work to take out some of those elements in the, like, the final film. But I remember we were there for a long time, weren't we? Didn't we film for, like, a long We filmed time? until, like, two in the morning or something like that. It yeah. Was a long time. Yeah. <laughs> we were all, like, ready to curl up into a ball. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely proud that I did, um managed to memorize all those lines <laughs> and make it happen oh yeah <laughs> so impressive because she has a lot of lines yeah she, she does she's quite has a these yeah monologues yeah. Mm-hmm. and and then remember when we did the adr and for those of you still playing the home game adr means additional dialogue replacement and it's when you re-record the dialogue because the stuff that you recorded previously like maybe on location has a lot of noise and you want it to be cleaner and sound nicer i do that was at our house Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. We have some pretty funny, like, because we did kind of set up the camera so that you can kind of see that, you know? So there's, right. a, you know, and, and I think you decided you wanted to stand. You're like, I'm going to stand. And you said you had the headphones on. You were looking at the, the, the screen and you're like, you know, there's this, you know, but I think you even put the dress on too. Yeah. I think, um, in the, well, in and the also ADR, I think you, the, yeah, I wanted to stand for the movement because she, you know, in some of it, she's moving a lot. And so in order to match it up, you know, it helps to move your body in the same way because your voice changes, obviously, um, in different yeah. movements. So I was trying to match it. Kat, had you had experience doing ADR and matching your voice to the picture like that before? Um, a little bit, I think, but not a ton. Um, but we had done, you know, I think I did some stuff for, I think maybe BBC Radio or something. So like... Um, when I was in London and stuff. So, you know, we learned a lot about how important that is. And that's kind of like why I put the dress on too, because, you know, movement and clothes affects your voice as well. And so when you're trying to match it up, you want to be as close as possible, 
you know, as you can. It took some practice though, right? I remember it took a few, a few tries. <laughs> well, but, it's, it's just like anything, you know, the more you do it, the, the better you get at it. Yeah, I was going to say you did that so well. Oh, thank you guys. I remember when we were watching it and I kept thinking, wow, Kat did such a good job of matching and it looks really natural. Yeah, it worked out really wonderfully. Yeah, well, that was good advice. I remember you telling me that, both of you guys, so that helped. Obviously, there's been quite a few edits of the film over the years. Did you see the first one, the very original one? Yeah, I think I think that I did. But because I've seen the recent ones now, I don't quite remember specifically. But I remember there was a big shift, a big change, right? In the style of the editing. So I do remember that. I remember the first and, you know, kind of what it's um, come into now is a lot different. But I can't remember some of the specifics. And you never met Zach, right? I think I met him once briefly. Or did I not? No, no, I don't think I did actually because he didn't come on set. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, he, he never yeah. did. He, I think he was going to or something, but then he didn't or I don't remember. But no, I don't ever met him. It's really interesting how all of these different elements took time to put together because when we were trying to do this newer version, like what you were just talking about, I remember us thinking, okay, we need to rethink the way this entire project goes together because the story itself lends for time not necessarily being linear. And that's when it started to become so abstract because it's like the sequence of events didn't necessarily feel like they all went in time together in this basic way. It's almost like you're experiencing the film in, you know, glimpsing different versions of the future or different versions of this timeline that you know are flashing in and out of these moments. But even when we're at the beach with the two characters, you don't even know at what point in time they could be reuniting on the beach. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And that's what was so interesting to do is kind of take it out of the idea that it all needed to go in time together. And I think that's what you were trying to accomplish in the edit, right, William? The thing that Zach had set up in the film was that it's it's repeating, that that these two characters are on this sort of loop. It's very, you know, like Groundhog Day kind of, you know, they're on this mm. loop. <laughs> Tell you perfect, yeah. perfect reference. Yeah. <laughs> they're on this loop where he is, he sets himself, you know, like essentially the idea that you get is that he's this, you know, free character and then he washes up on the shore and then they end up in this relationship and then he kind of, you know, forgets his way. She kind of forgets what she's doing. And then they end up kind of fighting, breaking up. And then the idea is, is that he then remembers who he is and she goes back to doing what she does. And then they wash back up on the shore again. And it's just this sort of rep repeating cycle of of them being together and then not, you know, and this repeating, you know, falling in love, fighting, breaking up, falling in love, you know, and then, and by the end, you know, that's the whole thing is like, they're, then they're back together again, you know, because his whole, you know, he washes up on shore at the very end and he's going to say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm here to spread the word. And he's faced off with the mass figures. And then once again, he loses his memory and then he's on the beach with her and he's like, I can't remember what I was <laughs> the doing. The ocean and, keeps wiping the memory. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I can't remember what I'm doing. And she's like, let me tell you, you know, and then they're in love again. And then it's like repeat, you know, it's like amnesia. And then, yeah. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. And I think that was the tableau that Zach was going for was the, the the waves, the ocean. Yeah, that it the memory is like the waves. Mm. Do you have any thoughts in particular about the film or its themes? Well, I thought that um, you know I I thought that you guys did a really good job of putting it and adapting it and putting it together. I mean, it is people don't realize what a task that is to adapt something. Um, 
and not lose the meaning of what the original part of it was. So I thought you guys did a really good job of adapting it and still keeping the essence of what it was about and, you know, adapting it in a way that it could fit into film, which is good. Well, that's really nice because, you know, it was for Zach and, you know, that's what we tried to keep together. What he wanted to say was so important. And actually, I don't really think that we've heard it from that perspective before. So thank you so much. Yeah, no, I I did. Um, So I, I really enjoyed that. I don't, I remember seeing the first time, not quite. I don't really remember what I thought about it, but I think I remember thinking that I liked it, but I wasn't maybe, I don't really remember actually, but I remember thinking that I liked it. Um, and then I remember when you kind of, you know, changed it and revamped it and sent it. And I think the finished product of what you guys have and the time that it's changed and, and grown you know, it's turned to be, you know, really lovely film for Zach and in memory of him and honor of him, um, you know, and something really nice for his family to enjoy as well um, and really relatable to the audience and to people everywhere. And, and I think it's almost like perfect in this time because because of COVID and because of the Internet growth and because it's even more relatable in some ways, um, you know, in the scenes you know, that she relates to that. So I think that that's really, um, you know, really nice thing and really wonderful. And, um, you know, something for Zach to, to live on in his memory, which is really special. What would you say are your hopes for the film now? I mean, I know we were just talking about a little bit, you know, how audiences can enjoy it and stuff like that. But, you know, what would you like people to take away from it? You know, my hope for the film is that, you know, people watch it and that they enjoy it, you know, especially, you know, Zach's family gets to watch it and enjoy it, which I think is really nice. And um, I would say I think it's a, a great piece to take away kind of all the themes and things that we've talked about. Like there's the there's kind of the one level where it's, you know, about a boyfriend and a girlfriend, like or two people getting together and breaking up and getting together and breaking up and it's on repeat, but there's a deeper level under that that we kind of touched on and talk about. And I think that that's really, really relatable and it gets people thinking um, and helps people kind of self-reflect on themselves, but also reflect in the world. And I think that that's, you know, what Zach was talking about and that was his message. And so I hope people can can take away something from that that's relatable to them that kind of I don't know that they find that they relate to it and maybe it makes them ask questions you know that he's that Zach's asking you know and and wrote these characters to ask you know and he kind of used a masculine and a feminine to balance that out which we all have within us right so I think that um that's a nice message and I I hope that people can find that and relate to that and and maybe um you know, enjoy it not only when they watch it, but have that more bigger questions, which is what I I interpreted that Zach was asking. So, yeah. I don't know if that made sense. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, totally. I think you're right that if this can start a conversation with the messages that you were just talking about and with what William is saying and what Zach was saying, then I think it's going to be the perfect time because people are feeling fairly isolated right now and really trapped with their thoughts and ideas and emotions. And to be able to witness that through your character and see your character's struggles and see what your character is able to accomplish, then I think they can relate that to what they're going through. 
Yeah, and, like, each time the characters, you know, go through this cycle of, like, repeat, kind of like how I think some people probably feel being in COVID, right, and being, like, on repeat or Groundhog's Day, is that each time, each time you go around, like, perhaps you'll have a new perspective each time. So it's kind of one of those films that you can watch over and over and still get a new perspective each time you see it. And each, you know, a different question will come up because it's kind of the same thing. Like each time you come around uh, a new day in the Groundhog's world, (laughs) you know, in Groundhog's Day, (laughs) you have a different perspective and it forces you to be creative. You know, like you can't go to the gym. So what kind of ways can you work out? You know, you can't do X, Y, and Z because of, you know, what's going on in the world. So what are other creative ways that you can make that happen? And that's kind of what's cool about the film is like you see these new perspectives, but each time you watch it, there's like a deeper meaning that's revealed. And you're like, oh, I understand this a little bit better now, or I understand this perspective of the character a little more. So I think that's really cool. That's that onion, like removing layer after layer after the layer. The layers of the onion. Yeah, 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 thank you. That's what I was trying to think of. I was like, what's the image? Yeah, it's like that. That always onion. reminds me of a, that always <laughs> reminds me of Shrek, you know, and Donkey. Shrek is always saying, I'm like an onion. ogres are like onions right (laughs) well thank you so much for joining us today on this uh this episode of the podcast is there anything else that you would like to add or you would like to say before we wrap up no thank you so much guys for for having me um so nice to to be able to be on your podcast i'm super excited by the way for your podcast so definitely want to encourage people to listen to it and check it out um so yeah also where can people find you online yeah i'm on um i'm on instagram um katherine jw katherine is spelled c-a-t-h-a-r-i-n-e then jw i'm on facebook katherine walsh so you can catch up with me there feel free to message me if you want to ask me about film of course and um but yeah Um, No, I thought you guys did a a great job, and I think that Zach would be really proud, and um, yeah, so no, I don't think I have anything to add. And I think maybe that once it comes out, we can have another podcast where we talk about the the film being out and the feedback and sort of what it feels like now that the film is out there in the ethers for everyone to see. To recap, you can find Catherine at CatherineJW on social media. And did you want to plug your health and beauty project as well? Oh, yeah. Well, I have another um, Instagram called The Art of Rooted Living. Um, and there'll be a podcast and website to follow that as well. So feel free to check that out. It's just a nice community and place to check out things that are healthy and things that uh, make you feel good. Um, and that's The Art of Rooted Living. So stay tuned for more exciting stuff coming from there. Yes. Yay. Thanks, Kat, for joining Thank us today. You. Thank you, guys. Well, guys, that concludes another episode of Odai Fleecy Radio. We want to thank you so much for stopping by and giving a listen. We really do appreciate your presence. And Ayers wants to be fed, so we have to go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's kind of clonking and clamping and looking at us like, all right, enough is enough. We do want to mention that the film is coming out this month. We have a couple more releases coming at you. We've got David Kanan's interview. We've Mm -hmm. got maybe some, I don't know, maybe the film will just come out after that. I don't know. Yeah, maybe so. We also have a website that we're dropping for the film. Right, so that'll probably come out first. Well, guys, once again, my name is William. I'm joined, of course, by Janina. And we will catch you next time. Tuning out. Tune in now.